Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hello, everybody. I am Teresa Hotelling, and um, so we've been talking about how to hear from God because that is such a prevalent uh, problem in the body of Christ right now. And so we're going to, I wasn't sure if we were just going to chat tonight or, but you know what, this message is just too important. Talking about all of the different ways that God can communicate with you so that your ears are open, not just in one particular, you know, one particular place. Uh, And after the teaching tonight, if for some reason we don't get through it, and I'm really going to try to get through it so it's, it's complete, but I'm going to, I'll film the rest of the series where we talk about Uh, We're going to talk about how to know if it's you, God, or the enemy. Uh, We're going to talk about what happens if you miss it. So I thought it was God and I acted and it wasn't. So now what? So those are those are things that are important to know as you're beginning to learn to hear the voice of your father. So I will film. I will probably film those and post those on the fully known web, uh, fully known ministries YouTube and Facebook channel. So just um, look for look for those things. But tonight we are going to talk about the different ways. He can communicate with you. We've seen in our first teaching that your spiritual ears are working. We all have spiritual ears to hear. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. You hear his voice. Your spiritual ears are working. There's nothing wrong with your your spiritual ears. What happens, and we looked at this in the last two two weeks, that sometimes our ears get impacted with wax. And there's a whole bunch of different kinds of wax. And I'm not going to take the time to do the review uh, tonight like we normally do because I want to get through this lesson with you tonight. So how does God speak? And um, I'm hoping that making you aware of all of these will give you hope and expectation that you will hear him. Because if you are tuned in on just one frequency, and this was one of the uh, wax in the ears scenarios, right? If you're tuned into the wrong frequency, you're going to miss him if he tries to speak to you in another way. So if you're only listening for that audible voice or watching for that burning bush and he speaks to you through the words of a friend, you're going to miss it. Or if he speaks to you through a song, you're going to miss it because you're you're not listening for him in that way. And it just seems like when when the the world is opened up to you when you say, "Oh, he can he can speak to me like that?" I didn't know that. I didn't I, I've I've heard things, but I didn't know that was him. So that's what we're talking about tonight. So the first way, the first way that he can speak to you is through a knowing. Okay. The world might call it a gut feeling, but it's a knowing. You'll hear somebody say, I just knew. Oh, my favorite. I just know that I know that I know it in my knower. <laughs> That used to irritate the mess out of me when people would say that. So it's a it's a gut feeling. It's a it's just a knowing. Uh, The Bible actually calls it 
it seemed right or it seems right. So let's look at just two quick examples of that. Uh, in Acts 15, seems right. Acts 15. Acts 15 verse 28 says, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost. So if it can seem good to the Holy Ghost, then it can seem good to us, right? If it seemed right to him, it will seem right to us because we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And if it seems right to him, it's going to seem right to us. And since we're created in his image, doesn't it make sense that if it seems right to God, then that that's something that we would experience as well, that it seems right to us. Go to um, Luke chapter one. Just two quick examples here. Luke chapter one, verse three, Luke says, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto you in order, most excellent, most excellent Theophilus. Nobody's named Theophilus anymore. So what did Luke say though? It seemed good to me. It seemed good to him that he chronicle the life of, of Jesus that he put things in order. It seemed he did that because it seemed good. And now that that product of that seeming good and him acting on it is one of the gospels. So seeming good must have something to do with it, right? And when you don't heed that what seems good on the inside, you'll end up saying, I knew I should have done that, right? How many of us have said that. I've said that many, many times. You know, I think about, um, we just had the 20th anniversary of the Twin Towers. And after the Twin Towers fell, and the reports started coming out of, of people who didn't know why, but they just knew they weren't supposed to go to work. You know, that's seeming right or or not seeming right. I don't think I should do that. That's a that's a seeming, that's a gut instinct on the on the inside of you. You know, when we back in 2016 when we finished mission school, we knew we were supposed to go to the Middle East. I don't know how to explain it. It's just we both knew and that knowing was powerful enough for us to sell everything that we owned for me to give up my babies, my 11 and 12 year old miniature dachshunds at the time who I'd had since they were eight weeks. It was that knowing that knowing compels you to act. You almost, you almost can't not act on it. What's another example? Another example is um, before I met Patrick, okay? Uh, if you're new joining us tonight, Patrick is my husband. Uh, when, when I got divorced, yes, I've been divorced twice. After that second divorce, I said I was never, ever, ever getting married again because it was just a, ter a terrible experience. So, but I started praying for my future husband just in case. 
I had no intention of getting married again, but if that was God's plan for me, then I am going to pray for what I wanted in a husband the next time. So until I met Patrick, I did not want to marry again, right? But as soon as I saw Patrick, I remember he was up front. He was, uh, we were at church, sorry, praise and worship. He was up front, kneeling, had his arm raised, just in complete surrender to God. And, and I just knew that I was going to marry that man. Never met him. But it's like in the spirit, I knew him. And he was the same with me. There was no doubt in either of our minds that this was the person we were going to marry. And neither of us ever, ever, ever wanted to get married again because he had had a bad uh, first marriage also. So those are just some examples from my life of, of knowing. So that's one way that God can speak to you is just through that knowing. And that takes that takes practice. It takes trust. It takes, I, I, in the beginning, well, well, that's another one. So let's, let's just wait there. The second thing he can speak to you through dreams and visions. Uh, go over to Acts 2, dreams and visions. Acts 2, John, John Acts 2. I love my Bible. Acts 2, uh, verse 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not just on some people, on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. This is a quote from Joel 2 verses 28 through 29. So the spirit now has been poured out since the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. So we have the Holy Spirit. So we have the availability to hear God through dreams, to hear God through visions. Um, I have I have had three. Well, I'm just going to share two. I'll share two with you. Two two visions that I had. And the first one I had when I was in second grade. And I was in, I was over at my neighbor's house. We lived right next to my neighbor. Um, my, my friend lived next door. And I had been over at her house all day. And this was in the age when kids could walk back and forth from their friends' houses without needing an escort because of the you know, craziness in the world. So I walked out her back patio. I was on my way home and it was dark. So it was dark outside and I get to the edge of her patio and I'm getting ready to step off into the grass and walk over to our patio to go in our back door. And I see this extremely dark, large figure on the other side of our yard. And before I have an opportunity to be scared, I feel I first felt it, and then I saw this light coming from behind me. And again, I'm in second grade here. And, and let me tell you, I was, I don't remember being scared 
in the least, but I felt this light and I saw this light and I turned and I looked and there was this gigantic angel standing behind me. And this angel, God, still gets me every time. This angel said to that dark figure, she's mine. And that dark figure left just like that. The angel left just like that. And I walked home and told my parents. <laughs> it was awesome. So now, now I don't ever fear because I know even right now, he's like right here. You know, my, my angel, my protector, my, he's like right here. So he, God can talk to you through visions. That vision was for me. That vision was for, for, for God to say that you are mine and I will protect you all of the days of your life. So that was one. The second, the second one that I'll share with you was when I was walking through my healing journey, uh, it was in gosh, I don't know. It had to have been in February then of 2014 and my healing was in March of 2014. So I would put it probably in February, but I had been just meditating on the cross and what actually happened from the moment that Jesus was arrested in the garden to the time that he hung on the cross and died and what happened after that. And I had just been meditating on all of these things. You know how Ephesians said that he's now seated at the right hand of the father, uh, revelation that he has the keys of hell and death. And I'm, I'm just meditating on, on all of these things. And I had a vision. I, I don't know. I don't think I was sleeping. Uh, it was, it was just, I can see it just as real as if it's happening in front of me now, but I saw Christ and I saw him standing before his accusers and I saw him there and he turned and he looked at me and we made eye contact and they led him off to be tortured. And I, I watched as they, they whipped him and they, they, you, what do they call it? Scourging, right? Where they use the, the whips that have the sharp things on the end. And I, I watched as his flesh was ripped from his, his body and the crown of thorns on his head. I watched all of that. And in the middle of that torture, he turned and he looked at me. And I watched as they placed the cross on his back and I watched and I walked beside him as he carried that cross as far as he could until he couldn't carry it any longer. And, and Simon took it. But that's not what was important. As he was carrying that cross, he turned and he looked at me. And I watched as they threw the cross down and they laid him on it. And I watched as they nailed him to that cross. And all the while he's looking at me and I can't do a thing about it. There is nothing that I can do. And I watched as they lifted up the cross and as they dropped it into that hole and I watched his face and he's looking at me. And I stood at the base of the cross, looking at him, him looking at me. And I felt something happening in my body and I looked down and I saw the sickness and disease coming out of my body. I saw the Sjogren's and the lupus and the degenerative discs and the carpal tunnel and the bulge discs and, and the thyroid and all of that stuff. And I saw it going into the body of Jesus. And all the while he's looking at me 
and I watched him as he died. I watched him and he took my hand and we went down into the depths of hell and he walked up to Satan and Satan fell on his face and handed him the keys, not a fight, not a, not a glare from Satan, not anything, just falling on his face before Christ. And then before I knew it, we were up at the throne room of God and Jesus was standing at the right hand of the father and he turned around and he looked at me and he handed me the keys. He handed me the keys of hell and death. And all of these things, all of these visions, every, every vision or every dream that you will have is going to bring you peace. It's not going to bring you confusion. It's not going to bring you terror. You're not going to be afraid. If it is from God, it is good. And it will confirm what you've been thinking. It will confirm what you've been believing. It might lead you into more revelation. That might be what you need to get the revelation that you need. It might be something that spurs you towards following revelation or following a path that you hadn't been down before. But dreams and visions will always, always be good. They will always lead you in the direction of him, which means they will always lead you in the direction of good. So that's the second way. I could spend a lot of time on each of these individually and teach you about dreams and visions and teach you about that inward witness, but we're just going to, we're just going to cover in brief here, the different ways, because I want to make sure I get them all to you tonight. Uh, the third way, uh, the third way he can speak to you is through spoken words. Okay. And there's three different ways with spoken words. He can speak to you in an audible voice. He can do that. He can. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots of, uh, instances in the old Testament of God speaking in an audible voice to people, right? And we won't go over those, but in the new Testament, you have Saul on the road to Damascus. You have God speaking in an audible voice from heaven. When Jesus is baptized on the Mount of Transfiguration, you don't see this as much I'm not saying it doesn't happen, okay? But you don't see as much after the day of Pentecost because now we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit for the Father to speak through us. So he can speak in an audible voice. Um, he can speak through people, through other people. So in the Old Testament, a lot of what him speaking was through the prophets, right? They were, they were who God communicated with was through the prophets. God even used a donkey in the old Testament. Now I haven't heard any instances of animals speaking after the Holy spirit came, but that must've been a really, really desperate situation. And don't you find it funny that after the donkey spoke, Balaam just answered him. You know, doesn't that seem strange to anybody else that this donkey is speaking and there's no shock, there's no surprise, there's no ah, running in terror, but it's just, okay, I'm going to talk back to this donkey that's talking to me. I That's just a side note. That doesn't have anything to do with uh, what we're talking about tonight. I just think it's funny that he talked to a donkey and it was like the most natural thing in the world. So, uh, so God can speak through people, right? In the New Testament. Uh, he spoke who through who he spoke to us through Jesus. 
God spoke to us through Jesus all the time. He spoke through the disciples. He spoke through the pen of Paul, through the, the disciples, through uh, who else wrote books of the, you know, New Testament, but he spoke through people. Okay, here's a good one. Even Caiaphas, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Caiaphas, Caiaphas, whatever it is, but he was the high priest and God used the high priest at the time to prophesy that Jesus would die for the nation. God even spoke through the mouth of an unbeliever to prophesy. So God can speak through people. Now, we shouldn't rely primarily on other people to hear from God but he can use other people to speak to you. And what they say to you should confirm what you think he's already been saying to you. So he's if you if you have something that seems right and then somebody comes up to you and says something that's completely contrary to what has seemed right, then I want you to take that thing and just put it on a shelf. Okay, you keep pursuing that thing that that seems right. And if that is something that father wants you to focus on, then he's going to lead you in that direction. As long as you're moving forward, he can still lead you and, and guide you. Right. So just take it and, and put it on a shelf. And, you know, a lot of times um, God will use me this way. And he does that through words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And especially if I'm counseling somebody or, or, um, or it happens at events a lot where somebody will walk up and, and as, as they're talking to me, I, God is just, he just opens my mouth and I speak and I speak his words. So he can use other people to speak his word to you. Okay, so that's the second way he can speak to you through the spoken word. The third way, oh, and a lot of times, a lot of times when that happens, when I I first started operating in that, where I knew that God wanted to say something through me, but I was just too nervous to say it, I would get like this extremely jittery feeling on the inside, almost like inside shivers, you know, and, and until I actually open up my mouth and it's like, it's boiling in there. And I didn't know what I was supposed to say. I just knew I was supposed to go talk to this person. So I'd go talk to that person. And as soon as I approach them, I'd usually say, I don't know why, uh, I'm talking to you, but I think God has something to say to you and blah, and then here it, and then here it comes. So, so God can speak to you through people, but you have to make sure that it lines up with what he's already been speaking to you. He can speak to you through your spirit, which is, I think his primary way of communication. And this is not audible. Okay. But it's more of a thought or a prompting. And it sounds like your voice because his spirit communicates with your spirit and then your spirit communicates with your mind through thoughts or impressions or ideas. So it's going to sound like you. It's not going to be a Darth Vader sounding voice or uh, or that voice that you that booming voice that you would imagine that that God has. It's going to sound like your voice and it comes out most of the time as I think I should. I think I should call my friend. And then when you call them, you find out that they've been having a really bad day. Or I think I should go to the store 
even though I don't want to. And then when you get there, there's a divine appointment that happens at the store. Or I can't tell you how many times I think I should turned into, I'm so glad that I did. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, I really think I should do that. And it seems like a, 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 a just a thought or an idea. And a lot of times in the beginning, again, it's not easy to recognize that that is God speaking to you and you're acting on it. But the more that you become consciously aware of this, so next time you next time you say to yourself, I think I should go do this. And you go do it. Watch for him. Watch for something. Just say to him, God, I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to go do this. And I don't know if it's you or not, but I'm going to go do it. And why not? Just step out there. Just start acknowledging that this thought that I just had could be could be God, right? So he can talk to you through, through that. Isaiah 30, verse 21 um, is one of my favorite. I say that about them all. I'm going to stop saying that. <laughs> Isaiah 30. Okay, Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, this is the way, walk it. You will hear a voice in your ear. And guys, if I learned one thing living in the Middle East for two years as a blonde in a not blonde nation, uh, light eyes in a not light eyed nation. It was to hear his voice in my ear telling me, walk this way. Don't walk this way. Put your headscarf on. Let's not go out today. Those that that became a very that became reality to me in the Middle East. And when your life depends on hearing God, you get very serious about hearing him. And you get very intense in listening and you get very sensitive to hear him. So just imagine that your life depended on it and start listening to, you know what? Because sometimes it does, doesn't it? In our healing journeys, we need to hear God. We need to hear him say, go to the doctor. We need to hear him say, don't go to this doctor. We need to hear him say, don't go to the doctor at all. We need to hear him, whatever it may be in our healing journeys, because he knows the way and he knows the way that we should walk in. So it's it's very important that we that we hear him. So that's uh, the another way he can speak is through the spoken word. He can speak to you through songs and television. Did you know that? So why through songs? Because praise gets your mind off of everything else and gets you focused on him. And you hear him clearer in praise, not because he is speaking louder, but because your ears are tuned in better. Praise really plows the ground to hear the word. So let me give you an example from my own life. Uh, when we came back after our first year of uh, missions in the Middle East, I I, I was struggling. Uh, there were symptoms that had come back in my body. I was uh, oppressed, depressed. I was experiencing grief. It just it was not a it was not a good time. So when we came back, 
I'm like, God, you, you got to help me. You got to help me here. And I wasn't hearing over there because of all of the oppression. Uh, and I wasn't employing, I wasn't employing the tactics that I share with you now of how to cast your cares on him. And that's a lesson that I learned over there. I did not do the Middle East very well at all. And I'm not ashamed to admit it because a lot of good teaching has come out of that and a lot of good lessons. But when we got back, we were in praise and worship. We went to Summer Family Bible Conference at Karis Bible College and we're singing Hezekiah Walker's uh, um, Every Praise. And I love to sing and I hadn't gotten to sing with a group of believers for over a year. So I was just enjoying myself and I love to sing. So to get me to shut up when I'm singing is not an easy task, but we got to the chorus of that song where it says, you're my savior, you're my healer and you're my deliverer. Well, after we said, you're my savior, you're my healer, you're my deliverer. It's like, God, just shut my mouth. And, and in that song, he said, you know me as savior, you know me as healer, but you don't know me as deliverer. And he used that song to put me on the path to get revelation about who he is as deliverer. And you know, that, that delivered me from all of those afflictions that delivered me from oppression that delivered me from the symptoms that, that had, uh, that had returned to my body that delivered me from all of those things. So he can use songs to speak with you. How many times do you hear a song and then you hear another song that has the same words or is quoting the same scripture? That's him. That's him talking to you. You're hearing the same thing here, 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 and here, right? That's him trying to get something through to you. We just have to recognize his voice. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna think this one. You're gonna find this one funny. How about? Um, oh, I gotta share one more because it was a vision that kind of ties this in. So again, during praise and worship, I am so just utterly consumed. I don't I don't even know what's going going on around me. I am just worshiping and praising, and my eyes are closed and my hands are raised, and I see Jesus just walk right up to me. And he puts his forehead against my forehead and his nose against my nose. And we're just eyeball to eyeball. I mean, I can, I can just see it now. We are eyeball to eye. My eyes are closed, but you know, I'm seeing it. And just when my mind starts to think, uh, oh, you're making this up. You're not seeing that. From the stage, Marsha Alverson says, Look into my eyes. I am not joking you. Look, look in my eyes. Stare into my eyes. She said that, guys, I just, I melted. It's God used another person during praise and worship to confirm something that I was seeing or something that I was experiencing. So it can, you can, you can hear him from all different places at more than one time. You just have to be aware and, and, and clear that, clear that wax out of your ears that we talked about in the, in the last teaching. He, through television, okay. Through television, I was watching this was, I don't think I was in Bible college yet. Um, Patrick was in his first year. 
No, I think I was in my first year. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Sorry, too much information. So I'm, uh, I have television playing and Sid Roth, I think is on. I never watch. I just, I don't watch television. I don't know why I had Sid Roth on. Maybe that was the only channel we got at the time, but there was an evangelist on there uh, or a preacher or something. And he was, he was sharing about how in one of his uh, meetings, women were just dropping dress sizes and hair was growing back and, and gold teeth were filling in and dust was falling out. I'm probably making a few of these things up, but just the spectacular. And I said out loud, yeah, right. You know, like that really happened. Yeah, right. And man, if God didn't just say to me, do you not think I can do those things? And again, that was just, that was, that sounded like me, but that was not my thought because he just instantly corrected that thought that I had. Do you not think that I can do those things? Wow. So he can speak to you through songs. He can, he can speak to you through television. All right. Another way through writing or through speaking. When I, when I write, when I journal, revelation comes and just a lot of, a lot of time I'll start, even if I don't feel like it, I'll sit down and I'll just start writing. Ah, this is, this is what happened today. Or, and, and before I know it, my pen is just, my pen is just going. And when I get to the end, when I stop, I'll have to go back and and read it. It's like God just took over my pen and started writing and he'll, there'll be answers to questions or there'll be insight into why I'm reacting this way, or it'll, it'll be something, but it wasn't me because that I am not that smart. I do not have that much insight. So through writing, so sit down and journal, see if that's one way that he can communicate with you. A lot of times when Patrick and I are just are speaking together, or even sometimes when I'm teaching, something will come out of my mouth and I'll be like, wow, that was, that was good because it wasn't me. And it, and it's an answer. It's a, it's an explanation that I didn't have before. That's, that's his his wisdom coming through, coming through my lips or, uh, conversations with Patrick. This happens with both of us all the time that as we're just speaking something out as we're, we're really just thinking out loud or we're walking through something that we're, we're studying or what do you think about this? And, 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 and you'll just speak out the truth, or it'll become clear. It'll become clear to you. So he can, he can speak through you as you're speaking to give you revelation or to give you clarity or to give you insight. So that's another way. Again, guys, I could go on and on and on about all of these with examples, but I want to, we've got two more through your desires or through peace. And in our 12 years of marriage and our 13 major moves in our 12 years of marriage, this is the primary way that God operates with Patrick and I, that we'll both have a desire for something. Uh, and, and then we, we act on it because 
Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As you are delighting yourself in him, as you are seeking him, as you are, are spending time with him, uh, as your thoughts become his uh yeah, you could say it either way. His thoughts become your thoughts, then his desires become your desires. And you can you can depend on those desires. That's him speaking through you. That's him. He can he can put his he can speak his plan for your life through the desires that are in your heart. What is it? I, I love this question because it really makes you think. If money wasn't an issue, family wasn't an issue, um, uh, time wasn't an issue, age wasn't an issue, health wasn't an issue. If you stripped away every excuse, what is in your heart that you would love to do? What is it? Chances are that's a desire from him. That's speaking to you. These are your gifts. He's telling you, these are your gifts. This is your calling. This is the plan that I have for your life. So he speaks to you through your desires. Uh, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. This word rule, I'm sure y'all have heard it if you listen to Andrew for any amount of time, means to umpire. It's how you judge. Let the peace rule. Let it judge in your heart. If you have peace, it's probably from God. If you don't have peace, it's you need to call it out. Or it's out or safe, right? Umpire says out or safe. If it if it brings you peace, then it's safe. If it doesn't bring you peace, then it needs to be out of there. You need to chuck that thing right out the window. So peace. Here's an example for you. When Patrick and I first got marriage, we both our marriage married. Sorry, let me slow down. Uh, when we first got married, we both had a desire to go to Bible college. So my dad went to Rama. My mom went to Rama. I loved Dad Hagen. We decided that we should go to Rama Bible Training College. So we started planning for that right after we got married. So we put in our application. We started looking for housing, all of these different things. And the more we moved in that direction and and we didn't really talk to each other about it at the time. The more we moved in that direction, neither of us had really peace about it, but we didn't want to, you know, we're new in the marriage and we had made this decision. And now I don't feel like I want to, and he doesn't feel like he wants to, but we don't want to tell each other yet, you know? So I remember it so clearly we were in the Barnes and Noble bookstore. I'm telling a lot of stories tonight. Hope that's okay. So we're in the Barnes and Noble bookstore and it's like, we're like magnets drawn to each other and we both get to each other and basically say the same thing at the same time. I don't want to go to Bible college. And it was just like, oh, what a relief, like that peace just floods in, you know? So if you're, if you're moving in a direction and you don't have peace with it, you really need to stop. This is God. This, this is more than likely God telling you, put the brakes on here. So at least stop. Don't just push forward. Don't just be like a bull in a China shop, you know, because then there's going to be some splaining to do when you get to the end, or there's going to be a mess to fix. And he's trying to fix that now. So if you don't have peace with something you're doing, stop, just stop, 
set it aside for the moment if you can and really spend some time just thinking on it. Imagine yourself doing it. Imagine yourself not doing it. What do you have more peace with? That Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you're, you're going to have peace or you're going to not have peace. And if you don't have peace and you stop doing what you're doing, you're going to get that relief and that peace will come. And this is one of the ways that God speaks to you. Okay, the last way, and this is my absolute favorite way because there is no question about where it's coming from and if it's truth or not. And that is through the word. Getting Getting, hearing God through his word is the best way to hear God. If I never heard God in any of those other ways that we've just talked about again, I would be content for him to speak to me through his word. I don't need to hear him. I don't need things to seem right. I don't need peace. He just needs to guide me in his word. So let's go to Proverbs 6. And this is our... Um, last passage tonight. Um, all of the verses will be in your description as usual. So Proverbs, I keep going past it one way and then past it the other. And I just did it again. Okay. Proverbs six, starting in verse 20 says, my son, Keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of your mother. The law is, is basically the word now. We're talking about the word now. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. When you go, it, what? The word. The word will lead you. When you sleep, it will keep you. And when you awaken, it will talk to you. He talks to you through the word. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible. What is the likelihood that whatever it is that you're praying about or whatever you have a question about or whatever you're seeking him on, that a verse one verse out of those 31,102 verses comes to your mind that is exactly what you need to hear that pertains to that situation. Come on, y'all. That's God. That's not you. That's not you going through your file bank of, of scriptures that you have memorized. Uh, and let me, let me give you an example. Um, back in 2018, I was dealing with hot flashes for two weeks dealing with hot flashes. I was awake every hour of the night. I wasn't getting any sleep. And I'm like, I told Patrick one night, I said, I don't know how to stand against these. It's not like I can turn to the word and, and find a scripture about hot flashes in the word, right? So I, I did what I tell everybody to do. I applied those four principles of revelation, remove distraction, pray in the spirit with these hot flashes in mind. Uh, uh, oh man, remove distractions, pray in the spirit, ask for wisdom, right? And then keep the word in the forefront of my mind. So I did those things and I come across Deuteronomy 34, seven. I don't ever read Deuteronomy. I probably should, but I don't. 
Deuteronomy 34, 7, I came across it and it says, and Moses was 120 when he died and his eyesight was not dimmed and his strength was not abated. And you might be thinking, well, what in the world does that have to do with hot flashes? Remember when I said in our last teaching that sometimes the wax in our ears is not recognizing the scripture that he gives you because it's not a healing scripture or it doesn't look like you think it would look. Well, that's, this is an example of that. Deuteronomy 34, seven, what God was telling me is that the world says that when you get older, your eyes are going to dim. The world says, science says, medicine says, as you get older, you're going to lose bone mass. You're, you're going to get weak. You're not going to be strong. And this was God telling me, you don't have to age the way that the world says that you have to age. So this was his answer. This was God speaking to me in response to my asking, what do I do in this situation? How do I stand? Give me a foundation to, to stand on here. Wow. I could, let me give you one more example. Okay. So as when I was on my healing journey, one of the first things that I knew that I needed to get a revelation, well, I didn't know yet or I didn't know how, was that I needed a revelation on spirit, soul, and body. I needed to know how to make this, how to make uh, my spirit man, right, stronger than my flesh. And I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even know where to go to do that. So I'm sitting in class one day, Dwayne Sheriff is up on the stage and he's teaching and he reads just in passing, it's like, he, this isn't even the scripture that he is focusing on, but he reads 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to go there. You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Oh my goodness, I'm having such a hard time with these pages tonight. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. This is what he says. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. And I'm going to read it to you in the King James because that's what I read it in, okay? Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. And you're doing exactly what I did. Huh? <laughs> Right? So I went and read it in some different translations. Um, but what he was telling me in this, and after after I heard Dwayne read this verse, I didn't hear a thing the rest of that hour because I knew I had been praying for revelation on uh, revelation on how I would make my spirit stronger than my flesh. I had been believing that God was going to show me how to do that in this. I knew, even though I didn't understand what that verse meant, I knew that this was my answer. And what he revealed to me through this verse is that I don't know Jesus in the flesh, but I know Jesus how in the spirit and that I would know my spirit the same way that I knew Jesus and that was through the word. God was telling me, you get in the word and you see what I say about your spirit man. And you start meditating on your spirit man and the qualities of your spirit man. And your spirit will become stronger than your flesh. I have a teaching out there called how to make your spirit stronger than your flesh. And that's if that's something that really strikes a chord with you, then I would encourage you to 
go and watch that uh, teaching. So I love it when he speaks to me through the word, because then I know there's, there's no question in my mind that this is, that this is coming from him. It's no doubt that he's him, uh, that it's him. So the bottom line is your spiritual ears work. He is speaking. And if you are listening, you will hear him. So I, I hope guys that this has, this has, uh, opened your, open your mind a little bit to hearing him in different ways that it gives you some confidence to step out in faith that you were thinking, well, I thought that was God, but I didn't know if it was or not. And I want to encourage you, if you think it's God and if you, what you're hearing lines up with the word and if what you're hearing brings peace to your heart, then I want to encourage you to start stepping out. If, if you feel, if you, if it seems like you should be, you need to speak to that person, I want you to step out, step out in faith and, and go over and talk to that person. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have a word or not. Maybe God is just starting you out slow. Go talk to this person. Maybe it's going to be a new friend. Maybe it's a divine appointment. Maybe he will have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge for you, for that person. Or maybe that person is going to have a word for you you. So, so I just want to encourage you to, to start stepping out, uh, broaden the scope of your listening for him. And, and I, I believe that there's going to start to be some testimonies and you're going to start to hear him and guys, he's not, remember what I told you in the first, it doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. He is speaking to you. And if you're in the middle of a mess right now, he, he wants to speak to you even more because he has the solution to your problem. He has the answer to your question and he wants to give it to you. So let me, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for the time that I have had with your precious sheep this evening. Thank you, Lord, for, for the words of, of wisdom and knowledge that you have imparted to those who have ears to hear. I thank you, Lord, that as we have taught over the last couple of weeks, that that wax has been thinning and thinning and thinning in their ears and that a hope is growing on the inside of them that they do hear your voice and they have a positive expectation, Lord, that they will hear you because you are always speaking. I thank you, Lord, that you take this and you make this revelation to them. You make this real to them that they do hear you. I speak blessing and favor over each one of them. We just glorify you, praise your name, worship your holy name, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, my friends, um, I love you and I will see you next time. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.